Clean your plate and get ready for seconds on this week's entree. We join Dave and his brother Jim in their conversation around the Sabbath. Get out your stretchy pants because you're going to want to dish out an extra helping today. So I'm super excited to uh, record this episode today with my brother, Jim. He and his family have come to visit us for Passover as we're recording this. And we're just really excited. We're going to have a huge, huge group of people over tonight. We're excited to be able to hide away into the treehouse for a little bit and record this. Um, We've been talking about the... Sabbath in the last couple of episodes. So if you haven't listened to the appetizer episode or the episode I did with Kevin and Fred, our first entree episode, then I'd recommend you go ahead and go look at those, listen to those first, because they're good setups for what we're going to talk about. We're going to get a little more involved. reason I invited my brother in on this is he's been really, he's really put in the time to study the rabbis and um, really has a good handle on the Jewish side of the Sabbath. More of a handle than he's, he's, he's like shaking his head like, no. Yeah, if anybody listens to this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anybody who truly understands the, the rabbinical teaching and whatnot, um, disclaimer on that, we're yeah. scratching the surface in terms of depth here. Yeah, yeah. which is, yeah, that's... Um, I think in the last episode we said, yeah. you know, every, even the 13 years or whatever it is, like trying to keep Shabbat, it's like I'm still learning. I'm still growing and yeah. I barely know. Yeah. So same same disclaimer there. We're, there's just so much mm-hmm. to know, especially when you haven't, weren't raised in it. It's something that we got later on in life. We started seeing the value of this and, and learning how to, Look for the Hebraic stuff laying inside of our text that we were just never taught. And so there's a lot to grab and a lot to learn, and there's always going to be more. So, but you know what, what Dave was just saying too, right before we started recording this. I mean, in, you can't see, but in my lap, I've got a laptop, I've got a book with hundreds of pages of notes and a phone. I'm scrolling through emails I sent myself while running to remember <laughs> to say, like, there's just so much to say. And Part of the stress of this, I think, for me today is piecing it together in a coherent way and yeah. not missing something. We were just looking, I was like, oh, I forgot about this. I got I to gotta remember to say this. But yeah, I think it's just scratching the surface and hopefully it encourages people to dig deeper. Yeah. Go so search. Totally, totally just at the front here. There, This is whatever we say, we both have four or five more hours worth right. of things right. that we could say. So this is not the end all be all. This the whole point of this this entire even podcast, why we're doing what we're doing is to take stuff we know about the New Testament, connect it to the heart and soul of where it came from in the Old Testament, and just so that the people listening will say, Whoa, I didn't, I didn't know that. see that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Maybe now I want to spend some more time studying, and maybe we'll even really make you mad, and it, and you'll be like, "That's so wrong!" And you get out your Bible and you start proving why we're wrong. Then that I've won that way too, because if you're getting in your text, yeah, then we've done we've accomplished what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, that reminds me of um, I don't remember I don't think you talked about this in a prior podcast, but uh, one of the pivotal moments I think for me, and I don't know for you as well. Dave and I were going to take a trip uh, to Israel together, and one of the individuals who's going to be teaching on that trip sent out a, uh, a vi- uh, audio teaching. Remember yeah. this? And you yeah. were in Illinois, and I uh-huh. think I was in Oklahoma at the uh-huh. time, and I remember it was early morning, sitting on my bed with my laptop. I think we had AOL, Instant Messenger, or yeah. something up. We're like, like all right, three, chat. two, one, go. And we both hit play at the same time, and we're chatting via AOL, I think it was. 
And I just remember <laughs> both of us just angry at what he was saying. Like, that's not right. That can't be true. And yeah. it, it caused us to go, for me anyway, it caused me no, for like absolutely. A, a year's worth of yep. church history research yep. and just dig, 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 because that cannot possibly be true, some of the things. And yep. turns out. Which is where I, like, when people, now we start to talk about stuff, like, every, whenever I get in conversations with people, they're like, oh, you, that's not right. What about this? Like, I have the answers because I'm like, look, I know everything you're going to say yeah, because I said, I said it. it. I spent a full year trying to prove everything that now that I feel like I am headed in that direction, I tried to prove that wrong. And, well, we can't. This is the thing, too. Two brothers in a room who haven't seen each other in person in a year. Like, it's risky. Hopefully you'll... You really enjoy it. Okay, so Sabbath. I just told my brother, I was like, look, this is what we're going over. I kind of gave him a heads up on what we've already covered. And I said, I would like to um, dive into some of the Jewish stuff that the normal average Bible reader, church attender would not be aware of. And then we're going to try to address that with the Sabbath. So some of the things we'll look at um, are, you know, like, why the scriptures would say the Pharisees and Sadducees were were upset with Jesus because he was breaking the Sabbath. But if if we understand the scriptures correctly, then Jesus couldn't would not have broken the Sabbath. So right. so we're going to try to get into that. But to get to that point, we have to lay some groundwork. So I'm going to point at you and say, hit it, bro. That's that's my cue to just start talking. <laughs> just start talking. Well, well you know, and, and I appreciate, I, I did listen to the prior stuff and just really appreciate the approach of trying to unpack and understand for people who maybe this is new. And, you know, for me, one of the things, the starting place for any discussion about comparison of Greek scriptures, the New Testament and Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament, particularly when we think about Christianity, maybe versus Judaism and mm-hmm. all those kind of things, is a lot of times, and for myself too, a lot of times people approach it with, well, what do I, what do I have to do? And yeah. what do I have to stop Always. doing? That's and, exactly what everybody says. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it, it's, it's not a, it's, we don't need to approach it with what do I have to, to give up or what do I have to start doing? What, what, are, what is required right. of me? I mean, I think it's super important to understand, you know, Paul was right. I think it's Romans 3 where he says, for we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Like it's it, when we talk about the Shabbat, when we talk about some of the things we'll unpack today with the 39 Melachot and that um, with how Orthodox Judaism today is practicing Shabbat and some of the things maybe people are aware of that don't drive your car kind of things. Um, that's not what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. Approaching the scripture, approaching the Shabbat or anything else that you might unpack in this podcast, right, is a position of the heart. It's a position of the heart. And, you know, you and I have talked about before, um, I don't know if we're ready for me. I won't go into it. I won't go into some other aspects that you're going to edit out. Uh, <laughs> but, but like, what was the first kosher Food, or what's the first even commandment? And it's you know in in the garden where God tells Adam, "Don't eat of that one tree, that one piece of fruit. Don't eat of that fruit." Well, he starts with. I was thinking about this. I was looking at your notes. He starts with be fruitful and multiply, Mm -hmm. right? And and I was thinking about like, so that is be fruitful and multiply is like a command toward sexuality Mm -hmm. and how. The enemy loves to take things and just t- pervert them and right. twist them. So right. the first commandment is toward marital relations and sexuality. Mm. And in Malachi, it says the whole point of God put his spirit into the marriage. The two became one and God put his spirit in there. And the reason being to create holy offspring. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the whole the whole sexuality thing is intended to bring forth holy offspring. Mm. And, the, and then the next command is food law. Mm. Don't eat from the tree, tree. which is the enemy has taken that. It's like, it's so significant, like what he's done to twist the way we see the world and how we've taken the spirituality out of the physical, like our physical lives. Right, right. That's, yeah. All of it is twisted and is twisting the physical living out in the world. Mm -hmm. 
we also step right into that and make faith about the metaphysical, the spiritual, right, and distinctly separate it from physical, right. Especially like I mean, you can see it between the Hebraic thought and yep. the Greek thought, like which is that contrast between the Old and the New Testament, like. Right. The New Testament became about like the Apostles' Creed, statements of faith. I believe this. I believe that. Yep. I believe this. Whereas the Old Testament is like, I did this. <laughs> to eat the unleavened yeah. bread, build the sukkah, keep the sat. It's like do these things that are physical that have specific spiritual connections. Everything, like Stephanie and I were just talking about this morning, just. She's just going through like the curtain being torn. Yeah. And she's like, everything is like, every physical thing that happens is deeply rooted into something spiritual. Spiritual, yep. And we've kind of separated that we're out. Separated, which is the importance of Jacob's Ladder, right? But that's another. That was, we did that one. Yeah. I don't know if I, yeah, we had that episode. <laughs> yes. All right, so so picking back up then, I mean, I think the, the thing that's important is when God commands to Adam, don't eat the fruit. You know, there's talk, the rabbis talk about it, it's, it's not that the eating of the fruit is the sin, is the, is the thing. Adam chose in his heart. He yeah. made a heart decision. God doesn't want me to do this thing, and, but I'm going to do it. There's an internal decision that happens, which aligns to Yeshua saying, it's not what goes into a man, but what comes out of his heart. Right. The decision I made in my heart to do something uh, and so I think approaching this discussion about the Sabbath, too, isn't a matter of do you turn on your light switch or not on the Shabbat? Right. What is the position of our heart? And we'll see that, I, I hope, as we get into this some about, hopefully it'll peel away some of the judgment that I've had, maybe I'll say it that way, on Judaism for their practice, mm-hmm. right? There's a heart in Judaism as well um, for, for how they practice, but... Yeah, um, and... Kind of just, I'm just thinking our small group's going through the Sermon on the Mount, or we're actually, we're going through Matthew, but we're just in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's crazy. Like, that's Jesus's whole thing. He's like, he's coming at him saying, you're doing this. You're keeping the commands. You're yep. doing the commands, but your heart is broken. Yep. And and so he, it's like he continually is like coming at the legalistic side of it saying, if you're doing this because you have to, and yet the whole heart, the point of it, the purpose behind it is sin. You've got, yeah. It's not about observance. It's not about observance. I tell my kids it's redemption before observance. Even if we look at the story of the Exodus, it's very clear that the children of Israel are not observant in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the uh, Judaism talks about this as well. It even says, like, not circumcised. They're eating unkosher food. And, and some even say they're worshiping idols in Egypt. And God redeems them. It's mm-hmm. fitting since we're at Passover, at Passover. when we're recording this. Um, God redeems them first. Then he takes them and says, now th- this is how you are to live. So it's redemption before observance. And we mm-hmm. often want to go right to observance. Yeah, I think on a prior podcast, one of your, one of your guys is like, what do I do? I need to make my list right now so I can check it off. Uh, yeah, that's how all of us tend to be, mm-hmm. is that practice before the redemption and the redemption is so important. Well, and you can even see as going back to the heart issue when Yeshua is talking to the Pharisees, scribes and the Pharisees, and he says, "Hey, you you tithe mm-hmm. a tenth of your mint, dill, and cumin. Like you know your spices, you're separating out your spices. It's interesting to say you shouldn't neglect that. It, not, I'm paraphrasing, right? Don't neglect that because." You're seeking to do it fully, but then you've forgotten the weightier matters, you know, and, right. and you think about the Sermon on the Mount in judgment, how he talks about judgment, or you think about, you've heard it was said, don't do this, but I tell you, if you even think this way, mm-hmm. that's an internal, it's a matter right. of the right. heart issue. Yeah. It always goes back to the heart. Always goes back to the heart. Yeah. So whenever I'm in conversations with people and we're talking about the Sabbath or even any of the observances that come along with understanding the depth of the Old Testament, um, it's it's always like, if you don't, um, I would say, if you feel like God is calling you in this direction, then you are now 
called to obedience. But if you are doing this because you have to, then I feel like you're, it's like the word, it's the phrases Paul uses, it's legalistic righteousness. Right. That's right. Again, if the observance comes before the redemption, if if the practice is the primary thing, then stop the practice. And, yeah. and that's what God says, right? In Malachi, like, I wish you would shut the doors of the temple. Like, right. stop. Bring. You think I need the bull? I don't need the bull. What I need is your heart. Right. The physical is connecting to the spiritual, and yeah. that's that's the Shabbat too. You know, and and one of the things that what I really appreciate about appreciate about Heschel's book on the Shabbat is his the way he talks about the sanctification of time mm-hmm. and how all this other stuff is sanctification of space. And I think he talked about this with Moses going before the burning uh-huh. bush and like take off your sandals because this is holy. This space, this yeah. place, this physical place is holy. Um, oh, one side note there, I, I appreciate it. Like you're, you're talking about the separation, the uh-huh. sandals being separation between uh, Moses' feet and the holy ground and like nothing can be separated be- between you. Uh, that, was, that was good. I was running when I was listening to that one. Uh-huh. Uh, and, but it made me think too. So you took your shoes off? I took my sorry. shoes off right then and ran barefoot. <laughs> it's barefoot running, man. That's a trend. No, uh, but it made me think too, like around the Yom Kippur, Mm-hmm. Yom Kippur, one of the other holy days, um, you don't wear leather shoes. You dress all in white, mm-hmm. and you don't wear leather shoes. Like you can wear plastic Crocs or rubber Crocs or whatever, but not leather shoes. And one of the reasons for that on Yom Kippur is because leather is a dead animal. There's mm-hmm. death on your feet. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of that when you were talking about the separation. There's also this aspect of like remove the death. Yeah from you as you're in this holy space. But connecting back to this holy space, place, and, and Heschel talks a lot about the Shabbat is when God says, and there's also holiness in time. Um, so if you haven't checked that book, Abraham Joshua yeah, Heschel's book it's, out. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it. It's it. Yeah. It's deep. And, and it gives you insight into, here's an Orthodox Jewish person talking about the Shabbat in uh-huh. ways that move your heart That's to it. want to observe exactly. Shabbat. I mean, it was a big, big thing for me to go from, okay, so what do I have to do? What are the things? Okay, God definitely called me that Friday night when I was taking my garbage out. Mm. He called me. It was like, I know it. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes for several months, you know, it was like, I'm mm-hmm. sitting here doing nothing. I have so many things to do. It was all about the observance. Legalism. Right. <laughs> and, then I, and then once I found that book, it just started speaking into the holiness of the time and the space and the, and the moment and like the beauty of Sabbath, which yeah. was just like, yeah, it was a huge shift. Yeah, when we went to the Israel trip and all the thinking and everything that came after that, um, I was like, "Ah, kind of should we do the Shabbat? Should we have like this thing? I don't know." And then I flew out to Montana to visit um, observant person who went on that trip. Mm-hmm. And for me, the the moment was sitting around their family table, and there's a point in the Friday night because Shabbat. Uh, begins at sundown on Friday night, where the husband blesses both the wife mm-hmm. and his children. And so, mm-hmm. sitting there at the table, I'm gonna get choked up. <laughs> you may have to pause a, or edit no, out. That was good. You saying you're gonna get choked up? Give me choked up. <laughs> <laughs> We're all choked up here. We're all choked up, brothers. Um, so anyway, sitting around that table, and when he be- he blessed his wife, looked her in the eyes, and, and said blessing over her for how much he appreciated her, and then went around the table with all of his kids. It wasn't like it's not a commandment of God or whatever. But here's this beautiness, beauty of entering into this holy space and time, and for the father to stop to cease. Appreciate you're talking about ceasing. I've mm-hmm. told a bunch of people about the. My brother was going up this mountain, and it's great. <laughs> uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. But uh, the ceasing moment, and then the recognition of like we're entering this time, this place in time together, um, and just the blessing of that. I got choked up, and then went through the Shabbat with them and the community. It's like okay, came home. 
we're doing this. Yeah. And we've, uh, it was 11, 12, 13, something like that years. Somewhere, yeah, something like since, that. Since, yeah. It was, yeah, so the, it's that heart issue. There is a balm in Gilead. It's a rest for the weary, a song to the sore. It's due to my dryness that fills me with joy when I had none. All right, so maybe we should jump in a little deeper here and start talking about fences. Yeah. Uh, I know you talked about that on a a prior cast, too, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. We went over a little bit. So, yeah, what I'd like you, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of going into the the motivation behind the fences. How about that? Because that's something I think we miss. We miss a lot. I know that I've heard people that have gone to Israel trips. Right. When you go to Israel there and they're telling the story about the Shabbat, yep. about the Sabbath. Yep. And they're like they go in to the hotel and the elevators have Shabbat mode. And yep. the elevator will open for two minutes, mm-hmm. close, go up a floor, open for two minutes, close, go up a floor, all the way to the top, and then it repeats the process and comes back down. And inevitably the idea is, so you know what happens. Nobody wants to ride the elevator. So they go up the stairs, which is way more work. Mm-hmm. And so in order to keep from kindling fire, which is the command, not to kindle fire on Shabbat. So when you push the button, there's a chance that it's causing a spark. And so we don't want to do that. So we're not going to do it. The elevator's going to do it. And in instead, so... To not kindle fire, they're running up 10 flights of stairs, mm-hmm. and it's way more work. Mm-hmm. They're pushing is, the button. Yes, they're mm-hmm. pushing the button. So it's this legalistic. Mm-hmm. So this is the story that is told mm-hmm. to say, look how crazy the Jewish people are mm-hmm. in their attempts to keep these legalistic laws of the Old Testament. So why don't you break that down for me? I will try. But first, a quick story. It brings back a memory. <laughs> brings back a memory. When we were on our Israel trip, uh-huh. we had done Masada before, uh-huh. I think, Friday morning or Friday afternoon or something before the Shabbat. Uh-huh. And we hiked up Masada. And then we I remember distinctly running down and having oh, to stop because the Israeli soldiers, <laughs> we didn't want to run past them with the machine guns on the way down. Uh, but we hiked or ran up uh, Masada, which is, look it up if you don't know what Masada is, amazing place if you go to Israel. And then ran down. And I remember it was Shabbat the next day, and it took a while to wait on the elevators. And we were uh-huh. like, I think on the second floor. And we're like, oh, our legs were so in pain. <laughs> like, do we want to wait or just walk up one flight of stairs? Anyway, it just brought back good memories of painful legs and having fun with you. Yeah, so the idea of fences around Torah um, is is where this comes from. Some of this comes from, right? So if there's the command, and, and a lot of people have heard this, um, I think. Uh, in turn, I heard it before studying this. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well, if there's a cliff, and you know, don't go off the cliff because you will die. Well, you want to put a fence, even in a mm-hmm. national park. They're going to put a fence a little bit mm-hmm. away from the cliff to keep you from going off the cliff, and that's. Yeah. Really, what it is, but the rabbis just kept putting a fence further and further and further and further. And there is some truth to that in terms of the command of don't walk off the cliff or you will die. So, well, let's not let our people walk off the cliff. Let's let's give a fence of five. Don't get five feet from the edge. Mm-hmm. That's the new command, or we're saying that's how you to observe the don't fall off the cliff command. This is how we're going to do it. Uh, but but the thing, the truth is, the truth is. We all do that. Yeah. All of us do it. It doesn't matter what religion you're in. It doesn't matter what denomination, if you're in the evangelical or the Christian world, the big umbrella Christian, what denomination you're in, or if you're in a non-denominational, or if you're like just at home with your family, we all are saying, here's the things that we do and we don't do. Mm-hmm. And here's the things that we don't do because it gets close to that. I mean, I think growing up of us, like it was big, you don't go to, you don't dance. Right. Why don't you dance? Well, if you dance, you might, you know, 
be close to a girl, right? And that might lead you to thoughts, and and so dancing leads to this other thing that right. we don't do, right? You look like you want to say something. No, I'm just thinking about dancing with girls in junior high. <laughs> I'm thinking about standing on the side because I don't kidding. dance. Yeah, you right. danced and you were a good dancer. I didn't dance. <laughs> yeah, but we weren't allowed to. So we, had we weren't to. allowed to. We weren't allowed yeah. to dance because dancing could lead to something else. Right? That's a fence. Right. Around. Right. Because this is the thing we don't do, so we don't do this. Yeah. That was the tradition. When you go to church, here's the way you dress. In one church, you may dress really casual, uh-huh. and if you show up in a three-piece suit, that's not the that's Something's not right about that. Right. If you another place, three piece suits, you show up in jeans. Something's not right about that. So right. we all have our what we do and we don't do, and then there's a reason sometimes <laughs> behind those things, right. and then we build these fences. And that's essentially what a lot of the Orthodox Judaism practice today is about. There's a commandment: keep the Shabbat. Yeah. What does that look like then? Right, so there's there's really um, two words that are associated with the Shabbat, and you can find it in Deuteronomy. One of them uh, is observe the Sabbath day. Observe, and it ha- the root for that is, um, I was going to say Shomer Israel, uh, is like the guard, guardian, to, to protect, to, to keep, to observe, to um, watch over the Shabbat. And so, as we look at the commandments in the scripture, or what God says about Sabbath, he doesn't say, I think you touch on this in a prior cast, he doesn't say a whole lot. No, there's, he like doesn't say maybe eight yeah. passages. He blesses it in Genesis. Uh-huh. So, God blesses it, he sanctifies it, he sets apart the time and makes it holy. Um, in Exodus, the Lord has given the Sabbath to you kind of thing. Uh, in Exodus 20, your servants, animals, the sojourner or the gear, someone who's attached themselves from is- to Israel, like give them the day. Don't make them work either when mm-hmm. you're not working. Deuteronomy, as we just talked about, this observe and this keep. Um, Kadosh, he sets it apart. In Isaiah, we see the Sabbath and the foreigner who keeps the, the fast. You turn your feet to as a delight. You don't do your own thing. I think you talked about this Isaiah scripture uh, on the Shabbat. We see in Jeremiah, don't carry a burden. Uh-huh. We see in uh, also in Exodus, like prepare your food the night before, like the whole don't go gather the um, the manna in the morning, like right. gather enough on Friday. Right. Um, don't kindle the fire. Stay in your place. In Nehemiah, we see Nehemiah re- refusing or stopping the buying and selling on the uh-huh. Shabbat. That's not something God says. It's how Nehemiah is living that out with Israel. Um, don't tread wine in Nehemiah again. Don't load your donkeys. He like pulls people's beards out and punches them in the face <laughs> for the Shabbat. He threatens the people who are coming and trying to I sell. I tried that. It didn't That's work. not a good approach. I, I was trying, and just people just weren't getting it. <laughs> because you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, like love and justice and mercy. Uh, in Isaiah, oh, I think I said that. Like, don't speak your own words. Don't Talk seek idly. your own pleasure. Yeah. Don't yeah. do your own things. And I think we talked about this. I, I think you talked about this too. It's like, well, for me, playing soccer is restful, and I don't do it the six days of the week, so I do that on Shabbat. Yeah, that's the seeking your own, and don't mean judgment on anyone else, but that's like an example of seeking your own. For me, I, I love to run. I don't get to do on trails, especially, which is I have to drive to run on a good trail. Yeah, I don't get to do that during the week, and so the temptation for me would be like it's like meditation to right. me to go run on a trail. It's like it is rest. <laughs> it's not the ceasing, but it's my own personal thing. And I think Isaiah is talking about that. But. All right. So, in terms of building the fences, the rabbis looked at the scripture when God gives the commandments to Moses. And I think you talked about this a little bit previously. He gives the commandments to Moses about how to build the Mishkan, the, uh-huh. the tabernacle. All the things that you need to do. Here's what it, you should do this, and you need to do that, and you got to build the curtains this way, and the, the tenions and the posts, and all these things. And then the next thing he says to them is, like, keep the Shabbat. He reminds them about the Shabbat. And so when the rabbis begin to look at that and try to understand what, what is it that we are to do, uh, God has given us these commandments. We just talked about there's not a lot of detail not, in the Shabbat. And, and so the one I think that has the most fence to it is do not work. Do not work. 
Because what is work? So that is the question. What is work? What is work? And so that's why you're saying um, in the Exodus passage, God's saying, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. All this work. All this work. And then he makes that statement, um, but above all else, Mm -hmm. keep the Sabbath. So he's like, build my house, build my house. Mm -hmm. But wait, wait, wait. Above all else, which for me is like so powerful because he's saying, you don't even build the place that I'm going to choose to put my name to dwell in your presence, bringing my presence into this place. You don't even do the effort that it takes to put that together. Above all else, keep the Sabbath. Yeah, the place where you you will come and serve me. Yeah. The place where you will have atonement. The place where you will be connected to me. It's not, I will dwell among you, but you also will connect with me. Right. Like that's that's the place of union is the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And we're not even going to get into union until you cease. Yeah. Going back to that idea of cease. So for us as humans, here it is. Can you imagine if if you know Yeshua or Jesus appears in the sky and says, All right, um, hey, whoop. Here's the list of things I'm going to be landing in Jerusalem tomorrow, and we're going to start doing all this stuff. Like I'm going to want to start doing it right then. Yeah. If if God is commanded, I'm going to do it right He's now. Like, and he yeah. says, No, 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 cease. Stop. And you know they wanted to because they oh, yeah. they were given like they were. It was like, all right, let's start a collection of all the stuff, and they had to be like, stop. Yeah. Have you ever had a church building fund that <laughs> works that way where they have to tell the people stop giving? We have too much money. It doesn't yeah, happen, it doesn't right? Happen. It's like, please, please, please. But they were so anxious mm-hmm. that they were just giving and giving and giving. They mm-hmm. had to tell them to stop. So, you know, so for him to say, oh, ho, ho, hold up, right? Cease. 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 Above all else. Above all else, cease. And so he says, cease, right? And don't do work. And there's a connection here too to where Moses is goes up for 40 days and, and the, God is giving the commandments to Israel, right? The Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of really cool tradition and stories that maybe I'll unpack someday in a future podcast there on that. But so he starts giving the commandments and the tradition is he, he says the first two Mm-hmm. And the, and the Jew, this is a tradition. The Jewish, the Israelites, and that say to Moses, "No more. We can't handle it anymore." And it's, this is in scripture. Like you go, because we're going to die if we yeah. if we hear all these commandments. And so Moses goes, and God says, "This is good." Yeah, this that is part right. is in scripture. That part is in scripture. Just yeah. not after the two. Just it doesn't the, say when the two. At and which then, point? Yeah, yeah, right. At which point? But that is, and, and God says, "This is good." And so there's there's this pattern set up. For I will, I will tell you, Moses, and you will tell the people. Mm-hmm. And so when God says, keep the Shabbat, guard the Shabbat, remember the Shabbat, um, Moses is then saying, how do we do that? And we, you know, we see in the scripture too, the long line, people coming to him all day asking right. like, right. hey, can I, I turn this? my light switch on on the Shabbat? What was your friend? Oh, hey, can I microwave my burrito? <laughs> I don't know if that would have been- Frozen burrito. Frozen burrito. I don't know if that would have <laughs> elevated to Moses or not, because then, you know, his father-in-law Jethro sets that you need to have order in this, yes. the fives, the ten, the hundreds, whatever. Um, but but there's the, the pattern of, an inner, an intermediary that's helping to understand what God has said. It is obviously pointing to Yeshua as that mediator, and we have all kinds of prophecy that Yeshua will return. He will be in Jerusalem. He will be sitting on a throne, and he will be telling the world what it means. Right. Right. I long for that day. That's so Isaiah. Like, yeah. It says, "All the nations of the earth will come." To Mount Zion to learn the law. To learn the law. And it will cover the earth yeah. like the ocean, yeah. right? And, you know, I long for that because, like, as we're here talking about what does it uh, do, don't do, it will be abundantly clear. There yeah. will be no question. Which will be so much easier. Won't it? I think all the time I was like, it's just like, set my, you know, my wife comes to me and says, so it's Passover. Yeah. And you got to get the leaven out of your house. Yeah. And she's like, what about oats? <laughs> she's like, what, what about, about oats? What about rice? It swells up. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah. it's just, she wants to use oats and some of, some of the tradition says not to some. And I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I would say no, just to err on the side of caution, you know, but I don't know. Every year, same conversation. So it'd be nice to just be like. To distinctly know. This is the right. This yeah. is what's right because that's. 
as somebody who wants to have redemption prior to observance, it, I want yeah. to know, I want to do what's right. Right. Your heart is driving you. Yeah. Yeah. Agree completely. I'm the same way. I mean, I, I'll admit, I hope that when he comes, he's like, trail running is a great thing to do on the Shabbat. Shabbat. <laughs> no, <laughs> kidding. Uh, no, but, but that, that is, there is that, we need that, and there is a day coming when, when Yeshua will be reigning and will be telling us, helping us understand yeah. this is what it means to follow God um, and how we live it out in our physical world. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think would be beautiful. In between now and then, We've got the Moseses of the world, and for you and your family, you're the Moses of the family, right? But, but the thing is, even if you go to like ask a rabbi on Chabad.org and you ask a really challenging question of the rabbi, the rabbi on there will respond and will say, well, this, 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 and then Talmud says this, blah, blah, blah. But if it's a tough one, they'll say, but consult your, your local, local Rob. Yeah. Like, go, you need to have somebody in authority in your life who's helping your community understand what it means for you to live this out. Yeah. That's a key concept yeah. in, in the understanding of it all because it is vague. So, and it, it's so crazy how, like, that's one of those things that, for me, the difference between the old and the new, like, we've made it so much about my personal relationship yeah, with yeah. my Lord and Savior, and, and we're not allowed to like speak. You can't tell somebody what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, like you can't. It's so we're so isolated. There's no community and there's no authority. Like right. the pastor, some if a pastor gets too much authority, it gets cut down like yep. quick. If he starts telling people how to live, his church dies or he gets cut down by the greater community. And we've missed that. Like. Somebody that can speak and say this is this is wrong. Yeah. I know it's not politically correct for me to say that, but s- to hold up this scripture as authority and yeah. say this is wrong. Yeah, it's tough. It's a fine line between finding that authority in a community, like that eldership, that leadership that says for us this is how we're practicing mm-hmm. it, and this is what's right and what's wrong. It's desperately needed. That's the design God has in place, right? right? That's what Moses was the ultimate authority on that. Um, but it's so difficult with broken, fallible humans, right? Because right. it, 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 it's a very fine line between uh, erring on, the, you know, the leader erring on the side of not offending uh-huh. and like we, we're all in this together versus the other side of like, I'm the authoritarian. Right, which is like I was... Randomly, we were watching Lord of the Rings, and it said nine rings were given to men because above all else, they desire power. Mm. And I was like, that is so true. The more somebody gets important, the more powerful they become, the further away they go from the heart of God. Yeah. Not always, you know, but like there's a few, like Billy Graham, there's a like. You can name them on your ten fingers if you had ten. I only have nine. If people <laughs> listen to your podcast in the future, be like, "What? What was that random thing?" Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, and, and it's it's right and it's good, but it's also easy to be abused. But but there is a need for the scripture says this. God says this to Moses. It's written down. This was God's words. Mm-hmm. Um, God first wrote them down, and then Moses writes right. them down. But it's spoken by God in the in the Hebrew text for most of the five books, or well, four books until Deuteronomy, when Moses is recapping is Vaidaber Adonai El Moshe Lamor, and God spoke to Moses saying over and over, and God right. spoke to over, Moses saying over and over. These are not Moses's words. This is not history book. This is not. Um, you know, some ancient writing that a guy is trying to manipulate a body of people. Uh-huh. God spoke to Moses saying, and then often after that is like, go tell the children of Israel this. Yeah. Right? And so that's the design. And so we get back to trying to circle back, us no, back I know. to Shabbat. I was like, so. <laughs> so we, we could talk for seven hours. But um, so circling back. So that's what has occurred. It's been passed down from one authority Mm-hmm. or group of authority to say, this is for us how we will observe. And even in Judaism, Orthodox Judaism, there are sects that arise following specific rabbis, following Ashkenazi tradition or Sephardic tradition, which right. is like a global division from where you're from. But even if you look in the, the Greek scriptures in the New Testaments, there's sects 
the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes. We see that the followers of Yeshua are a sect within Judaism that in these different sects, the reason there's a sect is because we follow this person who is setting what for us are the rules of observance of God. Yeah. And and that's where we get to this point of these 39 Melakot. And so, if you go back, again, as we were talking about, God prescribes, here's the dwelling I'm going to have and how we're going to connect. This is the epicenter of life for you going forward and for us to the Mishkan, the tabernacle. Then, above all else, as you're saying, cease. The Shabbat goes first. Uh-huh. So, what they've done is they look at like, all right, what are all the things that get involved in building the tabernacle? And, and so, that, is what we are going to cease from. It's an important, important, important distinction because it's not work. There's an important point, and this requires further study. Consult your local Rob. (laughs) Um, It's an important point that it's not cessation from work. It's a cessation from the things that were involved in building the tabernacle. And most, if not all of that, is creativity. And so you'll find in studying the rabbis, if if you look at it in the Orthodox tradition, there's a lot about creativity on the Shabbat. We don't create new in this world. We're not creating new physical. We're creating new in the spiritual on Mm. the Shabbat. Our efforts to build, to construct, to make isn't in the physical. We cease from building, making, controlling, shaping the physical on the Shabbat, and we focus on building, making, controlling the spiritual on the Shabbat. Come and rest your head Here time is an ocean There is peace and grace Mercy So there's six sort of big buckets of work. Field work, making material curtains, making leather curtains, making the beams, putting up and taking down the Mishkan or the tabernacle, and then the final touches of the Mishkan. So, the, so those are the six big areas. Those break down then as, as we've talked about into the 39 Melchot. Uh-huh. So for example, sowing, planting seeds plowing, uh-huh. those fall into one of those buckets. And, and so there's 39 different striations of what do these six things mean? What are the categories of effort or work that occurred for the tabernacle? And then it goes even further on a lot of those, like, so you got six to 39 to 5,830, depending on your local rabbi. But, yeah. you know, one of the things that there's this long... In the Talmud, there's like this whole section on the Melachot and plowing then becomes, okay, well, if I'm dragging a chair across the dirt floor, now I've created a a row in the dirt. Now, is that considered plowing? Or when I'm walking, I got to be careful not to drag my toe because I might be considered creating a furrow in the dirt. And so it just keeps, it can tend to go and go and go. So I think the point is the New Testament, the way it um, deals with this is in the context of what we've just spoken about. Like the people that are living are living under the local rabbinic authority, which has listed out the six buckets, the 39 Melikot, and then taken it even further to create rules that are, you do not do this or you are breaking the Shabbat. And so we see that. In the scriptures, so for example, like in Matthew 12, verse 2, but when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. So the disciples are picking grains of of wheat and the Pharisees are saying they're doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath. Well, if you look in the Old Testament, in the scriptures, there's not a command that says do not 
pick grains of wheat on the Sabbath. Yeah. Right, so it connects back to the fences and the fences and the fences around the 39 Melakota, the six bucket areas. I mean, there may be an argument for don't go pick up manna, mm-hmm. don't go get manna. There may, I don't know if that's where they connect specifically. But what's interesting is these kind of, so it's a good point, Dave, the, the living under the rulings of the leadership of the day and the context of the time. Um, and we can, the, the great thing is we can go look at inside the Talmud, which is this great, anthology of discussion about what does it mean to follow God in the scripture uh, that Judaism has a treasure trove of, of information. But you can look, and there's one I found uh, in Beitza 13b, so in inside the, the large volume, where they're having the discussion about when does grain become, when do you have to tithe grain? Mm-hmm. And so def- when is it that you've got to pull a tenth of that grain? Uh, if you just walk out and you grab a handful, do you have to count out 10 and take one away for tithe kind of thing that's happening? And they talk about um, that in there, but there's this comment. It says, and a similar halacha, which is like the ruling, applies to the Shabbat. Peeling grains of bar- barley one by one is not considered threshing and is permitted. Mm. So I'm sure there's a ton more, but when I yeah. saw that, I'm like, that's... There in in a rabbi, and I should have wrote down who said it. But there in the in the Talmud right now, it's saying if you go and you get grain one by one and you pick it and you eat it, you can do that on the Shabbat. Ah, in their own. So he's yeah. made a later a new judgment, a new, new ruling. Judgment. Yep. So the Talmud is written down about two hundred, three hundred years, two hundred years after the New Testament was written down. Somewhere Something in there. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's written down. So at a later date, another rabbi comes and makes the exact same determination that Jesus had made. So that's the thing. It's like we're not aware of what the rules are and what the rules aren't. Like if we haven't really studied our even our Old Testament, let's not even talk about going getting into the rabbinic writings right. and the Talmud and the Mishnah and all that. But if we haven't even given adequate enough time into what the – Torah, what the Old Testament, what Moses actually has to say is and isn't permissible. So then we come to our New Testament and we look at the scripture and Mm -hmm. we're going to say the argument becomes, see, Jesus didn't even keep the Sabbath, so I don't have to. Right. When that's not in any way, shape, or form no. what Jesus is doing. No. Jesus is making hard determinations on what the law of the day establishes when he heals the people on Sabbath. Yep. Like healing is a huge one. And yep. they're like, you're doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. Yep. Aren't there other days of the week to heal? Yeah. Which later becomes the ruling is if you don't heal, heal someone, you have committed a, vi- a sin. You, via, you set aside the keeping of the Shabbat to heal someone. That's why in Israel, doctors, observant doctors, are uh-huh. performing emergency surgery on the Sabbath day because it's permissible. Later, that's where Judaism sort of lands. But it's, it's an important point for when they come to him and they say, by whose authority are you doing these things? Mm-hmm. Remember that? And he's like, well, I'm going to ask you a question. It's the like, shut him up. Uh-huh. Part of the scripture where he's like, by whose authority did John do what John did? And they won't answer. And he says, then I'm not going to tell you. But the reason they're saying that is because he's establishing new understanding as though he's like Shammai or Hillel, like great leaders in Judaism under the Pharisee and the mm-hmm. Sadducee sects. He's saying, this is what it means. And they're questioning, who are you to be setting this? Why right. are you not following this teaching or that teaching? You're like splitting the difference in the two. Yeah. And that's an important point. The context of the scripture when Yeshua is walking the earth is that there are different leaders who are saying what it means, following the tradition of Moses for Mm -hmm. what does it mean for us to keep the Shabbat. That's why you see the Sadducees don't believe in resurrection of the dead. Uh The Pharisees do. There's two strongly opposite opinions. Paul uses it to his benefit later, right? Where he's like, I'm here because I believe in resurrection of the dead. Like there's such angst between those two camps and Yeshua is a new camp and they're questioning him constantly. Which is like, that totally goes back to where we started with like the Sermon on the Mount because he says like, if your righteousness doesn't exceed Mm. that of the scribes and Pharisees, you won't even enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes to say, well, here's what some of the scribes and Pharisees have said, but it's more than that. Here's what they said, but it's more than that. It's like the heart 
of all of this is so much deeper. It's such so much more significant. And so here he is, you know, and all these things. He's like, you've elevated the commands of men yeah, yeah. as if they were the commands of God, right. and I'm God. Yeah. And so I'm going to give you a proper understanding of what the Sabbath means. Right. I am the Lord mm. of the Sabbath. What does that mean? I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Oof, that's a that's a good one, and it's a tough one, yeah. right? I think, I think we will someday have a much fuller understanding. But for me, I think it goes back to that heart issue of the Shabbat, right? If the Shabbat, if the Sabbath becomes about a specific thing I do or do not do, then I miss the fact. I mean, there's two aspects of that. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man, uh-huh. and I am the Lord. Of the so Sabbath. let's do that first one. Let's just break that one down. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Wait, did I just say that wrong? The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Yeah. Well, I th- so what do you think that means? Well, I think so. If if you look and let me see, let me grab it up real quick here in Mark, um, Mark two twenty seven is where he says, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What's interesting if you get into the Greek words here, and I don't want to unpack that too much because I am not a theologian, nor do I play one on TV. No, but we neither am I, and we play one on the podcast. So. Okay, so we play yeah. one on the podcast. Yes, we do. So yeah. <laughs> So, so there's this there's a there's a Greek word dia dia which is the four. So in that in that statement of man was made uh, the Sabbath was made for man and right. man for the Sabbath. You can unpack that uh, unpack that word and and the first definition is through. In fact, four barely shows up in like the in when I look at the blue letter Bible, which right. I love to dig into the Greek. Four barely shows up. It's this idea of through. If it's in place, it's with or in. If it's in time, it's throughout, during. If by means, it's by, by the means of. So you can almost read this as Sabbath was brought into existence through man, not man through the Sabbath. And so for me, the man was not, Sabbath was not, Sabbath was made for man, man, not man for the Sabbath. To me, it isn't free license for what do I want to do to rest mm-hmm. on this on this day? But it is Sabbath doesn't get created. God created the Sabbath by setting it apart and ceasing, and thus Sabbath existed. Mm-hmm. And He brings us into this creation of time, as we talked about a little bit earlier, like ceasing from the physical creation. Mm-hmm. We now create the spiritual. In time, and so for me, what I how I understand that is the Sabbath. I bring Shabbat into existence. Mm. I I open up the holiness of time when I cease, mm. because we had he had to have Adam and Eve mm. before he could have his Shabbat. He he creates the man because yep. it's only exist. It only exists if I do it. I cease. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it isn't. Mm-hmm. Just like the physical Mishkan. This is why it's so cool that the Mishkan and the Shabbat are just smashed together in the scriptures. And I think the rabbis are right for recognizing that juxtaposition because the Mishkan is about physical place, holy, create the, the in the tabernacle. physical world the tabernacle. I know, I know you've said it yes. a bunch of times, but just <laughs> right. in case, it's cool, but just in case somebody forgot or along the yes. way, we're Mishkan. throwing out a lot of words here. So the tabernacle, the Mishkan, yes. is this physical space. Yes. And the Shabbat, the Sabbath, is a, is spiritual, a spiritual place. Yep, it's gone. No, I was. It's, it's the physical and the not physical holiness. As you talked about before, the first time God says holy is the Shabbat. The next time he says holy is Take off your shoes. Yeah. And it, so even that is like time and space, yeah. holiness. And here you have the same thing, except it's reversed, space, but don't forget the time, holiness, yeah. right? And so we enter in with God in the sanctification of physical space with the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. 
the Mishkan, later mm-hmm. the temple, mm-hmm. some days soon, God willing, another temple, yeah. right? And then then also we enter into creating holiness in time mm-hmm. with the Shabbat. And that's what, for me, man was made to create holiness of space with me and holiness of time with me. That's what man was made for the Shabbat. Yes. And what we always tend to do, it's our nature. We switch it Mm -hmm. and we say, what can I do? What Mm -hmm. can't I do? Mm -hmm. As if... The Sabbath is imposing upon us as opposed to us... What was the word? Was it bringing into existence the Sabbath? Yeah, and it's it, huge. Which gets back to like you said, where we start started this conversation about it's our heart that is the the key component of yeah. this, not the list of do's and don'ts. You don't bring Shabbat by sitting in your house, cr- your arms crossed, rocking in the corner, just counting the seconds until Shabbat is. It's not like like a kid on the last day of school. Watching that clock for that bell to uh-huh. ring because summer starts at you know twenty minutes from now and I just can't wait. Um, the, it, there is no Shabbat if you don't drive your car, you don't flip a light switch, you don't cook food, you don't watch TV, you don't check your email, you don't answer your phone, you don't mow your yard, you don't step in the grass and drag your toe and create a furrow, you don't spit on the ground outside, you don't carry something else, but you sit there the whole time just waiting for the Shabbat to end. Is what God God says, like, shut the temple door. Yeah. Like, don't bring me another animal because I don't need you to do these things. Yeah. I need you to be something. Yeah. So so when we talk about that, that idea of coming into union with God and creating this holiness of, of time in the Shabbat, I mean, it's important to circle back to our brothers and sisters in Judaism, Orthodox Judaism, the creation of God, Israel, the people of Israel, and how they're uh, living that out today. And why do they have? Why have they gotten to this place where that elevator, you don't push the button, but it goes up those floors for mm-hmm. you? It, at, at its very core, their desire... Mm is to not do anything that would distract from, take away from, tarnish, blemish that sacred act of entering into holiness in time with the God of the universe, who has, in, in the Friday Night Blessings, who has given to them in love and goodwill every week, they will say this, who has given to us in love and goodwill his holy Shabbat. Yeah. In fact, I mean, I, they talk about all the other days of the week had a partner except the Shabbat, and the Shabbat goes to God and says, I don't have a partner. And he says, no, I've given you the, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, they are your partner. They, the, the blessing on the Friday night also says like, this is our, he's given us an heritage their understanding and their engagement of, of the Shabbat is they want to fully invest in that. That's where all of this stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from a heart of controlling, manipulative, you know, just burden and work. And when we read the scripture, the Greek scripture, the New Testament, that tends to be how we re- view it. Because tradition, Christian tradition has slanted in that way to view it as like burdensome work and look right. at all the foolish things they were doing. Right. Totally is separate from God, and we don't have the understanding that, no, 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 at the beginning of those things is, how can I more fully engage with God to this creation of space and time? Right. That is the desire. Yeah. So, I'm just going to pray to close this out. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, I just ask God right now that you would go to each and every single person that is listening, and I just pray, God, that you would, in your power— and your majesty bring your holiness into whatever effort these listeners make to honor you with the Sabbath. I pray that even the smallest of step closer to what it is you're calling them to would be met with overwhelming, obvious holiness into their lives so that the next step 
would be met with delight. As Isaiah says, call the Sabbath a delight. Mm -hmm. So I pray, God, that you would put delight and joy and anticipation into the movements of each of these people as they draw closer to what you desire. I thank you so much for bringing me and my brother to this place, yeah. for putting us in this treehouse, even as we speak. Yeah. The the holiness of your spirit I can just is just here. And I'm just thankful, God, and I'm grateful that you have shown us that the Sabbath is a delight and that you put it in our lives and, and that you've put it in the hearts of our wives so that they desire it as much as we do, God. I just pray that you would just bring your people into your presence through your holy Shabbat. In your son's name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. If you liked what you heard, please tell anyone you think might enjoy listening to look for us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. While you're there, leave a rating and review. You can also find all our episodes on our website at thewholetestament.com. We'll see you next time.